Christian Hello everybody, my name is Christian Gravius. Welcome to the first episode of the CG Show. My guest today, the brains behind the cult Instagram brand, Elias Skin, James Hashem, Manny Barbas. Welcome. What you guys have achieved in 16 months is incredible. Thank you, Christian. Thank can you. I, can I just start? Us. Can I just start? Two guys jumping into the skincare industry. How did this happen? How like, well, <laughs> how have you gone in such a flooded market to start in just 16 months and you've done $7 million in revenue? To me, it blows my brains. Yeah, we never we never thought that we would be in business together uh, owning a skincare company, especially especially yeah. Pink Clay Mask. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, when I was a baby and I popped out, I actually thought, I want to make a Pink Clay Mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, me and James have been best mates for ages, especially in high school. We'd always wanted to do a business together. Um, and we both knew it's important to work with someone that you can trust and that's, uh, you know, as motivated as you. And that's me and James. We've got the same sort of energy, same as yourself. I love it. <laughs> and I love um, it. from there, the idea was born. We started working on it um, six months prior Take to Take me it. back way, way, oh, way, 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 way back. back from the beginning. So you guys, you guys went to school together. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what was that? You were you guys very close at school? Um, what was your mindset like? We we went to Xavier together. Yes, and we this, in Xavier the senior school comes together in Year Nine, um, which is when we would have met, and all the way up until Year Twelve we we remained close. Um, and then I think it was Year Twelve when Manny owned the Manny was doing some sort of a e-commerce business selling yes. uh, phone chargers. Phone yeah, so what, I didn't know about this one. So what I used to do yeah. is I, I was known as the phone case boy yeah. at school. So I'd import um, charging cases yes. um, at the start of year 12 and I'd sell them out of my locker. So it was like those little cases that plug into your phone, you charge your phone. Yeah. And I would literally have teachers come out to me to buy them. I think every single kid in the school bought one. And me. it was quite... It was quite <laughs> and the funny thing quite, is half of them didn't even work. No. <laughs> what was quite funny was that I, there, was, there was one instance where I was stuck in the middle of Manny and another good friend of mine who we're still very good friends with. Oh. He actually tried to steal one of Manny's idea and tried to start a phone phone case company as well because you saw how well Manny was doing. Um, and and I, I, I was the media at that point and I think I think that was... That was a we Manny won't name names. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the moment when Manny and I became close. But I think even, even then I was... I was selling fake IDs. I was about to say uh, that. Yeah, I, I was selling, what were you selling? I was selling fake IDs in school, and, and Manny, Manny, Manny was definitely one of my customers. And I think, I think Manny, Manny I actually, Manny, yeah. I think Manny actually overpaid for one of them. I love it. I love so it. Basically, what we're saying is we always had this yeah. entrepreneurial side in us. But, but yeah, sorry. And then from there, you know, if you're already born with that, you know, buying, selling things, and making money. It eventually led into starting our own business and, and ta- taking it seriously. Well, yeah. yeah, what was it like? So obviously you finished school and where were your mindsets at? You know, did you guys go to university? Yeah. So I didn't. Well, James, sorry, James went to university and finished, yeah. Yeah, so I graduated in economics and finance and at the same time, so Manny and I did business management together in year 12. Yes. And we, you know, we, did, we had a few study sessions together, went to a few seminars and Manny, Manny was studying uh, at Melbourne or Monash. I studied uh, business management and marketing. So business for me at school is um, my favourite subject. I did business in year, uh, yeah, year 12. I got ducks of business management at school. So I, right. I actually learnt pretty much everything I know about business in business management because I studied the textbook that hard. But <laughs> then I went to uni and studied it and I just found that because I was so motivated to do my own business, um, and I'd already, I'd already been doing some business. I'd, I was learning more outside of school. So I'd find myself on my laptop working away, working away. My tutor would be like, come on, what are you doing? You're doing your own work. So then I remember ringing my dad, who I look up to a lot, and I was like, dad, I don't really think uni's for me. And I remember leaving. And at, at that How day- How long I, were you there for? I was there for about a year and a half. Yeah. And I remember at that day when I turned around, like I was on the way to uni, I turned around and I left and I thought, shit, I kind of feel like- a dropout here like I actually did even though I'd done mm. well at school and everything but if anything it just sort of held me back and that, that's not me saying to everyone that you should not do uni which you definitely should um, but it's you can safe, also it's a good safety net yeah but you can also learn especially if you're doing business business is taught when you're doing business and making mistakes and learning I don't think you can learn true business in a classroom I don't, I don't think so either even 
bring it back to when I was doing, you know, real estate, for example, mm. in school, it was just you don't learn it until you're actually on the job. Yeah, until you're practicing. You it, get for your sure. hands dirty. And um, so, to f- let's fast track to how we got to Eli Skin. So, Manny was, so Manny had a, a watch company but called Barbers and Zachary. Um, I was studying economics finance. I graduated. Once Manny sold that business, he started a teeth whitening business called yep. Bianca Smile. And I started uh, cafes. I was in hospitality with That's my family. Right. And I was actually supposed to launch the with Bianca Smile with Manny. But he just said, you know what? Let me do this one on my own. Um, I had a business partner in my last one. I just want to do this on my own and see how I go. So you were, okay, yep. And once he sold that was when we decided... Okay, let's go into a light skin. So really, along the whole way, we always knew we wanted to be in business with each other, and it was like it was almost like destiny. So were you guys throughout? You know, how long was that? A couple of years? Uh, yeah, yeah like a year or two years. years. But we, I was I would have been one of the first people that knew about Bianca. Yeah, well, I, I was with you. I, I always relayed everything to James. Yeah. I, yeah. I had my first business, I had a partner. Um, we got rid of the business, then I worked on the second one by myself. That business was sold, and I remember saying to James, "I'm like, man, I." Like, he was saying to me, like, aren't you excited? Like, I flew to Sydney and broke the deal myself, flew back. And James was like, aren't you excited? And I'm like, well, not really, because I don't really have anyone to share it with. And it, and that's when I said to James, you know what, fuck it, let's do this. Let's do this together and let's just smash it. Mm. And then how, so it was more the fact that you, you wanted to share your experiences with somebody else. And that's mm. why, you know, James being so close to you, you guys went together. How did you, how do you feel all your experiences previously with you working in the cafes and you especially in the e-commerce? How do you feel that just led you to when you launched Elias Skin in that first week, you guys did $50,000 or something in res- revenue like this wasn't no this was no slow start like this was jumping straight out of the blocks like with a bang yeah because well coming back to the point of me doing teeth one and him being in a cafe it yeah. doesn't matter what we were doing it's just that we both had the same drive and ambition yeah, yeah. so we put Business that together yeah. and I remember I said to James we're going to be in the office this is what I've done before like previously to starting a business we're going to yeah. be there for four months working every day which is what we did yeah. we worked like dogs and um, so like heaps of we work was done before yeah. like before we even launched so when we launched we just pressed click like we had all the ambassadors ready we had all the PR articles we wanted to be in that's why we just launched and, and, and it, it was as if, yeah. so it's as if the business had started four months yeah. prior mm. yeah and how how did this even come about like as we discussed like two guys coming up with this magic idea to just decide to sell pink clay masks like how did it all come along well Manny and I, we knew we'd complement each other really well. So Manny was obviously very creative. He'd had other e-commerce businesses. I'd had some small e-commerce businesses. I had the cafes and I studied economics in, in finance. So we we thought, let's do this and let, let him focus on what he's really, really good at in terms of creative yeah. and let me focus on the number side of things. Yeah. And when, when we decided to go into business together, I think we were at Crown... And I was like, Manny, are we going to do this? And he said, yeah, let's do it. Let's like finally launch something together. And I said, have you got anything in mind? Have you had anything? Like, have you been looking on Instagram? What's trending? And he noticed that clay masks were trending. And then that's when we thought, okay, let's do something together. And that's when we decided the name together, what color clay masks to do. Then we started formulating the product, which took us like six months. Um, and as Manny said, we worked for, for probably four months in the office every day in, before launch because we knew how hard and competitive it would be launching a skincare company, yeah. regardless if it's through social media or whatever it is. Um, we knew that we'd had to we'd had to launch with a big with a big push, and influencers was our way and PR as well. And going into the influencers, like what what was so different because. Yeah, I look at how you guys you went, aimed for micro influencing. Mm. Um, what was the strategy really behind that? Why? To the strategy is basically, especially because we're not the first clay mask on the market, right? There's yeah. plenty of them. Yes. So if you're launching a product, let's say you're launching a phone. There's heaps yeah. of phones in the market. doesn't matter if there's competition. When you launch, you want to be everywhere quickly and you create hype and everyone's talking about you. Yeah. So basically what we did is we have a team of staff that help us and we say send out to every single girl you can see. Yeah. Start mm-hmm. with Melbourne, start with Sydney, start with Queensland. Go all the way around Australia and just make it a ripple effect. How Doesn't many girls did we have how many girls did we have um, working on this for us when we launched? Like five? Five or six girls. Five girls start. just constantly Jessica. databasing every single every day. day. Me and James would sit there all day, even ourselves by the way, like this wasn't just us delegating rights then, we would do it as well. We'd sit there, okay, write her name down, write her name down. Anyway, so we would database Thousands and thousands and thousands of girls 
click one, click one button, send them a blast email, send them out the product. Mm. So at the start, we sent out about a thousand girls. Yeah. Now we send out around five hundred ish weekly, and um, sometimes a little right. bit more, sometimes a little bit. And less of course, now. there's more to it. It's about understanding your demographic. It's about understanding their followers. It's it's about understanding their content that they that, that you think that they can provide, and it's picking and choosing. We won't just you know databasing any girl it was, it was girls who we thought or influencers we thought would suit our brand and fit our brand but at the start we were going for the wide spectrum like we were going for like your 2,000 followers mm. 1,000 followers because people need to understand that with uh, micro influencers don't worry about your 100,000 follower influencers yet the ones that are going to make you sales are the ones that want to be influencers, which are your nano influencers, like the one before micro. Because these girls, they want to post. They want to feel like they're influencers. And if you have a product that works and you give it to them, they're going to be posting four times a week. Like me and James look at ourselves and like, I swear this girl's posted four times <laughs> every night a story. Like, And it's amazing because they support the brand. They yeah. love the product. And you end up having a relationship with oh, the influencer, 110%. which, is, and it which becomes, is great. They feel like they're kind of a part of something exactly and, right. and it helps out. And But we make them feel like that. So I think that's up oh, to us with the oh, emails that we send, the way we communicate with them. It's up to us to make them feel like they're part of the brand, and which of, they are. And which they are, of course. And even in, in the aspect of... Yeah, how did you, how do you feel that translated? For example, with the lady that was posting that has a thousand followers in comparison to the lady that's got a hundred thousand followers, how do you feel that their followers would perceive the post? For yeah. example, it, yeah, uh, does it make a difference? Like, yes, does it massive difference? Yeah, because someone with a thousand followers, if they're posting, right, yeah. they're not already an influencer. They're not getting paid to do that post. Yeah. Everyone knows that. If you post a photo, for example, you yeah. got 5,000 followers, whatever yeah. it is. Hopefully 50,000 very soon. <laughs> I'm going to probably message you and be like, Christian, what fedora is it this time? Yeah. Like, you know? Like, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's a very exactly personal, right. it's a yeah. personal relationship with your followers. And, yeah. and to what Manny's saying, micro-influencers don't post very often as well. So when a girl posts for the first time or it might be the second time, her followers believe it because oh she's never posted about anything before so wow maybe she really does love this product maybe okay. this product is really good and even in the aspect of the way they would post or is it is there anything different or not really it's just more because, of course there's a lot behind it yeah. but yeah we've got yeah. a team that we've got a team that works in that and, for sure. and <clears> what <throat> other strategies do you think you guys implemented that worked very well to separate you guys you know from your competition one thing i can remember from the start i remember saying to james i says I said, <clears throat> it's a skincare company, and I think it's all about developing trust with the audience. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I said, let's not post models. Let's yes. post genuine females. Yeah. I don't care genuine if they're... Yeah. yeah, genuine, genuine results. results and genuine, like, looking girls. Not normal girls that you see every day. Not, you know, you're Miranda Kerr's, because yeah. <laughs> that looks like it's it's uh, set up. It's, it's PR. It's, yeah. Exactly. So if yeah. you go on our website, it's just actual customers, yeah. and all the results... We don't hide any, um, uh, what's it called, reviews. Yeah. Um, and it's genuine and people believe it. And then that's how we also grow this community because we involve the customers so much. Mm -hmm. Like we've got a, um, a Facebook group called Elias Skin Superstars or something like that. Like get me in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you buy a product, I'll get yeah. you in there. <laughs> um, so we invite them all into that group and we get them to, to post about their results. If they have any questions, like some girls will be like, hey girls, like, do I use the exfoliator after the mask? Anyway, it's creating like this community and they talk and it's just about building a family, and that's how you build a loyal following and repetitive customers and everything. And uh, talk to me, talk to me about getting into Priceline. Like I think for me, you know, I've been following your journey now probably since the start, um, and I think that to me was massive. Um, you know, for you guys, how did it all come about? And you know, three hundred and sixty stores in Australia, but mm. also fifteen hundred worldwide. Yeah, how did it all come about? So when we when we were databasing, as we mentioned before, yeah. we were databasing any pharmacy that we could find in Australia. Yeah. And I remember Manny and I were sitting down and we were like, should we database Priceline stores? And we kind of laughed yeah. at each other, thinking it's only been two months. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't really have a shot. They're probably not going to reply. Um, but we just did because we just backed our backed ourselves in and, and we had total confidence in the brand and the consistency through the brand, whether it be the packaging, the website, um, whatever it may be. We just had total confidence in it. And I remember it was maybe one month later, uh, a senior buyer at Priceline reached out to us and said, yeah, we want to stock your product. And Manny and I were kind of in shock. It was, it was a little bit of a surreal feeling, but it took, it was a really long process 
Uh, and what was the process like? It was just going back and forth, yeah. like going back and forth with the senior buyer, documents, and sometimes what happens with a, with a massive retailer like that, things get lost. Yeah. So we thought, how can we speed up this process? Um, and we, we spoke to somebody who had a little bit of experience um, from Bondi Sands, um, one of the owners yeah. in retail, and he gave us advice to, to work with a distributor. And luckily enough, we ended up with Bondi Sands dis- distributor, and they had already great relationships with Priceline. So they kind of knew what, what we did is we used sorry what we did no. is we approached Priceline, we got interest from them, and we used that as our hook to mm. get the distributor. So as James said, it, it was back and forth because unless you're going through a distributor, you're not going to get the you don't have that sort of relationship. Yeah. And they're yeah. talking like I remember reading all these emails, and I'm like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this means. <laughs> And it was too much. So I remember like, we spoke to the distributor and this would have been like five, six o'clock at night. I was walking around the office, pacing around the office, talking to this distributor of Bondi Sands for an hour on the phone. And then I remember James had just left and I rang and I'm like, dude, I think we just got Bondi Sands distributor. <laughs> like <laughs> I remember that moment. And But yeah, that's what we did. We used like, so we used Priceline, we got their sort of yes. And then we used that as the hook to get the distributor. And we didn't, sorry, we didn't launch into Priceline until maybe September. So it took, it took a while from yeah. when they said yes to when we launched. But I think at that point, uh, going back to your question, how exciting was it? That was probably the moment where the business felt so real. Yeah. Up until that point, you know, it was fun, we were doing well, but we didn't know how serious it was. We didn't know that we really had our hands on something that could, you know, could be around forever. That could be a could be, be the next bloody Yeah, year. exactly right. Like it could it could be something that is, is gonna be sold in every country on every shelf in every retail store. And once we launched into the price line and saw our products on shelves, that was probably the most satisfying moment for us at that point for the business. Can I ask, like I remember watching like for example you guys going past on your Instagram stories and just snapping away, you know, looking at your products there. Like, yeah. what is that? Like, what's that feeling? We're in the city. I think you upload a photo, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and you're just standing it's, there and your pink products just there, like I flying around in photo. front of you. I'm going to get the photo. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was that feeling? Can I ask? Because, you know, you, you know as, as, a, as a young boy, when you're going through mm. and I'm sure even when you first launched this, business it, like it you makes you proud oh like. it, it makes you extremely proud but it's um it makes you want to work harder yeah and it makes you want to launch new product uh, new products like yep. constantly so hopefully one day you know we can be the next bondi sands where they've got 20 different SKUs on the shelf because you know shelf space is is very important for your brand it gives you brand awareness and at the moment we've got three products in priceline we're launching another one you know hopefully by the end of the year which will also be in priceline um, and yeah, it's just, it makes you just want to work harder because that feeling that you get is quite surreal. And the more products you bring out, the prouder you're going to, the prouder you're going to be. Of course. And I'll never stop snapping. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just keep it's, just, it's very motivating. Yeah. yeah it's, it's uh, I think at the end of the day, like you look at that and uh, you know, to me, as you, as you said, it, you, it makes yourself proud, but it just makes you want it more. You want to get every single product mm. of yours in there. You want to blow this thing up to the biggest, you know, to the biggest scale that you can get it to. Um, So obviously you started with getting, was that your first store in Australia that you got in? Was there any other little retailers or anything like that previously? There was like two or three little small pharmacies, but they weren't. Nothing crazy. It was three or or four units. To be honest, at the start, um, I actually thought, okay, crap, wholesale is going to be tough. Yeah. Because we'd both never done wholesale before, really. Um, But then, yeah, once once we were in Priceline from there, yeah. It was just take off, like, because we have the best team in Australia helping us push the product into retail. So from there, it was like from Priceline to almost thousand stores in three to four months. And one question that was on, kind of on my mind when you guys launched, obviously, into the retail stores, which is number one, I understand it's brilliant, but. Uh, when they say retailers, um, yeah, retail in general is going down. For example, like what was the big reason that you guys pushed it so hard um, to get in there? Was it to create the brand awareness? Yeah, so, yeah. for sure. Yeah, just be, and and I can't express this enough to any any entrepreneurs that are listening. Yeah, it's so important to learn from those who know more. Yeah, and we seek advice from 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 other people who had experience in retail yeah. and other people who had. Uh, you know, any any sort of business in in the same kind of niche, yeah. and they all express to us, get in there. Yeah, make sure yeah. make sure you're in retail, but not not only launch in retail, launch into retail with with a distributor, with someone who is going to be able to help you. Especially we hadn't done it before, yeah. so we didn't really know what we were doing, okay. and 
um, they just they they went on to just uh, they went on to just show how important it was about brand like branding awareness and shelf space it's super important isn't that like the beauty of business though like is what you just said yeah you didn't really know what you guys were doing like i'm sure take it back all the way from the start and as you said manny at university you know they until you're actually in there that's when that's when you start learning what challenges because you guys have grown at such a ridiculous pace like i'm just going to read through some numbers um just quickly uh, you know, in the first week, as I said, fifty thousand dollars. Then, in the first four months, that's when you hit that million dollar mark in revenue. And now, in fourteen months, as we've discussed, seven million dollars in revenue. Like these numbers, you're multiplying by by the months. Like, what challenges have you been facing at every little milestone that you're having to, you know, jump up? Like, what what new things are coming up? Like, well, what, how are you even sustaining that growth? I think that James and I are both very mature. We've matured a lot since we started the business. Yeah. Um, the hardest part is not getting overexcited. Yeah. Mm. So, for example, exactly. like, we've had a retailer, I won't say who, knock on our door, and we've had yeah. to reject it. And that yeah. could have given us another million dollars in revenue yeah. in six months. So, it's about being... One of the most difficult parts is just staying humble and being mature. Yeah. And knowing this is going to be a long-term thing. Take it step by step. And as soon as you start thinking like that... and I picture stepping stones in my head, as does yeah. James. Um, that's how you grow. So we know, okay, we're going to get the distribution here. We're going to lock in the distributor in Canada. We're going to do the same thing in Thailand. I'm Thailand. I'm going to Thailand the other yeah. year. So I just thought of Thailand there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just about focusing on the online stuff and just, just sticking to what you're good at and yeah. working hard, like putting in the hours and working smart. It's not always about how many hours you put in. It's about what value you bring and just yeah making sure you stay focused and not getting ahead of yourself and yeah i think that's a, it's a it's a big statement for you guys to make because you guys have been in the news you guys have been everywhere like everywhere i look a skin pink clay masks james hash and manny barbers they're doing this they're doing that like how do you guys stay so grounded um having you know a lot of pressure not from obviously what you guys are doing, but just everybody around you, they're, they're seeing the numbers, they're seeing what you guys are doing. Um, you know, how does that make you feel? And and my next question is going to be, you know, what kind of response have you had? Obviously, you know, these, you know, a lot of people don't matter, but I'm sure the general public, there'd be a few haters out of there and a few people that are, you know. You've got, yeah. you know, you've always got people that, but we've Not been, gonna, yeah. Sorry. No, yeah, sorry. So we've been we've been quite lucky. I think yeah. Manny and I, how much support we've had from our family and friends, yeah. even from you boys, from all of our friends. It's been it's been amazing. We haven't had much hate at all. Anyway, not to our face. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been an amazing journey. But to go back to your first question, how do we stay grounded? I think it's because we've both got the same objective. Yeah. We don't look too much into the money. Of course, you know we got you get into business to, to, to make money. Of course, but. Our objective is to build a legacy and until yeah. we do then we're not going to look back and we're not going to get too excited we're just going to continue to launch new products and to build the brand and hopefully our brand will be you know a household name you know everywhere everywhere in the world and that's what we're aiming aiming towards and whether we be in 20,000 retailers 30,000 retailers that's that's our objective and we both we're, we're both aligned with that and that's why we're so grounded I think I think also because <clears throat> like what James, sorry, like what James just said. <clears throat> I think everything we've said happens, as in like we said we're going to eventually enter price line, and yeah. we did. And then we just figure out how do we do it. So that's how we stay grounded, is because we know that there's a path, and we're just focused on the path. We're not focusing on the money mm. that we're making. We're not focusing on other external factors. We're focusing on the actual business. Like we know we're going to get thirty thousand stores, and we know that what we need to do to get there. And we won't be happy and celebrate till we get there. Like, until of course, we, yeah. we have little wins on the way. But of course, but, but that's what, how we feel. How, how yeah. funny is it, Manny? How when when we first launched, we said if we get into price line, we'd be the happiest people in the world. <laughs> and then once you do get get into price line, it's like, what's next? Yeah, but, what's that's, next? but that is exactly why we do well because yeah. we don't think what like, we think what's next. We don't just stop there. We're not yeah. content because that just proved to ourselves we can do this, and yeah. we just went to price line. It's like, wow, holy shit, that's a big real retailer. It's bloody you insane. Know? Like now, what's next? Now what's next? Yeah, so, and I and I and I look at that because you guys have gone from three hundred sixty stores at price line now fifteen hundred, and you're 
getting overseas now. Mm. Um, talk about that. What happened? Did that all unravel after the big announcement of Priceline? Like, no. what was it? Yeah. We've been working on getting overseas distributors for a while. So, like, James and I would, like, <clears throat> we database distributors in, like, Canada okay. and stuff. So we've been talking to these guys for ages before you sign with the – and for anyone that doesn't know, a distributor is someone who sells into retail stores exclusively for you in that country. Okay. So we sell to them, they sell to the stores. Nice. Um, but we just take – me and James just sit down. We'll just choose, okay, Canada's next. Yeah. That's the next market. And then we just have to find the best distributor there. And then – Sign the contract with them, which takes ages, and it's very hard to do. And then yeah, so by the then end they the, approach yeah. retailers for yeah. us. Is it what's 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 very hard? Is it because everybody's coming to them and everybody wants in, or yeah. is it their terms that you're trying to negotiate? Yeah, it's the terms because you're yeah. giving you're giving one company responsibility of your brand yeah. in that whole territory. Yeah, but you're, so yeah. it's a whole, yeah. it's one country that you're giving them responsibility, <laughs> and if they don't do a good job and they let you down, then it's very very hard to recover. Mm. It's it's almost near impossible to recover once you've launched. Once you've launched your brand and you've made mistakes, very, very hard to recover from that, especially launching to a retailer. Yeah. If you launch and you're not selling through straight away, yeah. they'll give you six months, nine months. Once you get delisted, you're never going back in mm. and no other retailers are going to look after you because all these retailers talk to each other. Yeah. And they, they all connect and they know what's selling well, what's not selling well. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. That's why the process is so long. You want to get to know them. It's hard being in Australia when you're about to sign with someone in Canada. So Manny and I are hopefully going to Canada in in end of October to meet our distributors to hopefully launch into retailers there, see our see our products on shelf. And that will be exciting for us as well because we're only we're in fifteen hundred stores but we're in we're in retailers in Australia and New Zealand. It'll be good to, to be somewhere so far away from Australia. Okay. So you guys are only in Australia and New Zealand in, and now about yeah. to about to start the next yeah. phase of your yeah. Exactly. Well, right. What 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 kind of what's the strategy? Obviously so, you want to get into America, but I'm sure as you guys will know that's one massive so, <laughs> so what we're doing is we're launching we've got Canada, yeah, we've got the UK, we've got the Middle East, yeah, um, we've got China, Taiwan. Um, and it's going to be a slow grind, but yeah. over the next six months, yeah. like it's a lot of countries actually. Yeah, six yeah, months it's a fair few. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by the end of the year, we'll, we should yeah. have distribution in all those countries. So I think the next six months is going to be very, very full on for us. And we're even moving offices now. We're going to try and grow a team here to help us mm. support that growth because it's it's getting difficult doing it, just the two of us and a few other staff. Um, but yeah, it should be exciting. I'm excited to see what happens. It's uh, and that was going to lead to my next question uh, of you guys going overseas. Talk to me a little bit uh, about your trip uh, a couple months ago in in LA. I was following you guys. Saw a uh, saw a uh, news article that apparently you guys were driving around in Lamborghinis and uh, <laughs> chilling with Drake's dad. And then I was watching snaps of what was it, Kevin Hart and uh, the poker player. They Antonio Antonio. They they it was a it was a boxing match uh, over yeah. a bet. Yeah. And how did you guys get there? I remember it was like four in the morning. I think I was watching it. It was a Saturday night. I was just in bed. I was like, wow, this is insane. There's, there's Dan Bilzerian. And there's, like, there's everything going on here. And you just got James and Manny just enjoying yourselves. <laughs> uh, we, so I think it was maybe maybe one week before Coachella we decided yeah. to go. And honestly, as much as it was as much as much it was to you know have fun and go on a holiday, it was there was a lot of networking. It was business as well. Was there – Did I think it was – Bondi Sands, yeah, so did they Bondi, do a launch? Yeah, so they yes. did a launch as well and we got a good relationship with them. And it was yeah. an opportunity we didn't want to miss out on of because course. networking is very important. Relationships is important and uh, meeting new influencers, meeting brand owners. Um, you know, we met the brand owners of White Fox, one of the biggest fashion retailers in Australia. We've become good friends with them. We met um, the owners of Nana Judy, another, another you know, wow. well-known fashion brand in Australia. Yeah. And just meeting influencers, once you've got that relationship with them, Makes it, it, it makes it much easier yeah. to get them to post. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we we spent a week. Uh, we spent three weeks in America actually. But you know, we the the people who buy our Snapchat ads, they're in America in uh, Orange County. So yep. we got to meet them. Uh, our old Facebook buyer was in America. So we got to got to build a relationship with him as well. Just moving forward, it's always good to always good to be able to connect with people who know a little bit more than you, in, especially who know a lot about uh, things that are in different space. Um, and yeah, somehow we ended up at uh, Kevin Hart and Antonio fight. 
Who won? Uh, Antonio <laughs> Antonio won. So they're, they're, uh, they're What good. was it like? like? So Antonio's a good friend of ours, like a good family friend of ours. Yeah, and okay. he plays poker with Kevin Hart. Yeah. And they're sitting on the table and the story just goes that uh, Antonio said that he'd kick, you know, he'd kick his ass and Kevin Kevin Hart said, "Let's bet." So they bet for 350,000 American, which is like 500,000 Australian and uh and yeah, we, we got there. And he knocked yeah, him out. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty funny. We got there and Dan Bilzerian walks in, Don Cheadle from the Avengers walked in, there were a few billionaires and it was quite surreal. Manny and I were just like... Well, you just and there was like there. three rows of seats. Like, yeah. Yeah. There were only 50 people Dan there. Was there. It was right. a very yeah. intimate yeah. event. No, no yeah. cameras no, were allowed. 50 people. Yeah. I think Manny and I tried to try to take some videos and we got told videos. off. Yeah. <laughs> we got told off. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was quite yeah. surreal. It was, it was a really cool experience. But that article that got posted... It was. I remember reading. It's like you know the boys are living this startup luxury lifestyle, driving Lamborghinis. It's like me and James aren't like that. We're not, we don't own the Lamborghinis. I wish we. I wish we did. And it wasn't even in America. It was at Jerry's wedding. It was us sitting on the car at a wedding. So Manny was just there, just letting yeah. all the girls yeah. like message him. Yeah, it's my Lambo. But, yeah. I, think, I think for I think for those who are wanting to start their own e-commerce business, yeah. that's definitely one of the advantages of having having your own business is the flexibility. The lifestyle we were we got an airbnb in la for one week and we were working every morning every day we go out for dinner go out for lunch when we came back to the airbnb we'd be working and i think it's i think it's the leap of faith for young entrepreneurs who want to start their own business they should take that into consideration and not only think that it's obviously it's very hard work to build a brand but you know you get to do it from anywhere in the world yeah and as long as you have your laptop you'll be able to you know you'll be able to do whatever you want so and I think that's obviously I compare, for example, what I do compared to you guys. Like you guys are all obviously based, it's all on the computer and you've got that flexibility, which is bloody insane. Um, can I ask um, one thing that we kind of touched on it and then we lost a little bit. America in regards to obviously breaking in, um, trying to break into America, like what does that mean? Is that, you named some very big countries. Would you say America is probably the hardest to break into? America or? is the last stop for us because yeah. we want to use, when we go to, when you go into America, you have one shot, it's either hit or miss. Yeah. Um, and if they don't like you, you're out. Yeah, so you're out. We don't want to go into America yet until we're in all these okay. countries and we know. And you build got, that we've got 20 products and then we just launch in bang. We want America to want us before yeah. we want them. No, that's good. Kind of thing. That's good strategy. Yeah. Um, Talk to me. You guys have had many, many, many milestones. Um, you've had a lot of write-ups in the Daily Mail um, as well. Like, how does that feel? Like, just sitting there, and I know we discussed this uh, just previously, or you, you you brought it up, when you, you guys were just sitting there on your laptop and there was an article that went out that you guys had done $7 million in sales and then mm. shit just got wild. Yeah, like, that was, yeah, that was a crazy day. Like, we were... Me and James spoke to Matilda, who's a, who's a reporter from there. <clears throat> this would have been in the morning. And I remember we went home <clears throat> and James rang me and he's like... It was like 11... It was 11.30 <laughs> at night. But yeah. yeah, at this point, we'd only been featured in Australia on Daily Mail. Yeah. But what happens... Oh, was this worldwide? This so is then 11.30 yeah. hit. And yeah, so like just going a step back a bit. So what sometimes <laughs> happens is... Um, you can check your website visitors on your site, right? Yeah. And sometimes James and I are like, shit, our Facebook guys have spent all our budget and that's what happens in a half-hour period until yeah. midnight. <laughs> so I remember James rang me and he's like, what the hell is going on? There was like 900 people, 1,000 people on the site. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Mm. They've just spent 10 grand ads in half an hour. Yeah. Oh, we've lost money. There's my money, guy. <laughs> we look at our, at our orders and it's like, ding, 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 I think ding. we did like, 5,000 orders in like 24 hours. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was like insane. over 200,000 in sales in, in 24, 24 hours. Were you just sitting there? Was, was it was like it was literally sitting on the couch like this. Yeah. There was a fireplace next to me, and I was working. I remember texting my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm not going to bed. I'm working all night. We worked till like 2 a.m. No, sorry, we worked till 2 p.m. The next day, because we couldn't switch off. Like it was just ding, 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 like the whole time. Just insane, just pumping. And it's also an, another good tip for people who are in e-commerce that don't underestimate PR and make sure you put some effort into it whether you hire a pr company or whether you do it yourself it's it's very important to build your brand yeah and another tip is as well is that if you are young and you've got an e-commerce business and you want it to get into pr always use your age as well because people love seeing young success stories and editors love that so as soon as you tell them you're 23 you're doing well bank they'll, they'll write something about you because it's inspiring to others because obviously yeah you know, they're doing well and, and, they, and they want to encourage 
younger yeah, entrepreneurs to take that tip. To the, I'm yeah. going to try it. Hit up some PR companies. I'm young, everybody. Well, going into going into being young, walking into these rooms with these people. You you guys started this at 22. Now you guys are 24. So I'm, babe, tw- I'm 23. Oh, you're 23. Sorry, sorry, James. <laughs> Still very young, dealing with these people like, and they're just looking at you like. And you're, for example, yeah, presenting your brand or your company to them, and you know they're not. Are they taking you serious because of your age, or you know, at the start, is there a weird first reaction? Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, when we walk into a room, sometimes, yeah. and whether it be whether it be yeah. with a buyer of Priceline or whether it be with a distributor, they always look at us and smile, and it's yeah. like they're so surprised that we're so young. <laughs> And they're surprised as well that we're males because a lot of the time we've had emails before getting invitations to – we once got an inv- invitation to like a New York um, New York Young Entrepreneur female event. Yeah. And we just replied saying, are we allowed to come? Yeah. We're, we're, we're actually – we're actually yeah. – our names are James and Manny and they're not yeah. female names. We're actually males. Manuela and uh. – But when they see – I think, Christian, when they, to go to your question, when they yeah. see this – when they see how strong our brand is yeah. and and how, how much success we've had in a short amount of time – I think age becomes irrelevant. Yeah. They just, they trust us and they trust that, that we know what we're doing. Especially and when they've tried the product. Yeah. They yeah. trust us. Well, that's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Exactly right. Yeah. And that's when they give us respect. And when we meet, when we have a meeting with them, they're very taken back by the way we deal with them. We're not, we're not very, you know, we're very relaxed. Like yeah. we're enjoying this and we're having fun with this. It's not, you know, we're not going to rock up to a meeting in a suit or anything like that. It's, we want to build a relationship with them and that way, forever we'll have a good relationship with them and then you know we will help each other build the brand uh, wherever it may be in a retail or, or online or whatever it may be no it makes sense um and i'm sure since you guys have launched because you've had so 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 much you know just pr on you guys has, has i'm sure there's been a lot of copycats or has there been people that are kind of copying there's, your formulas or there's been people that have done similar products but you know what james and i don't get upset about that because yeah. If, if people are copying, comp, well, number one, if people aren't copying you, that means you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. Number yeah. two, if people are copying you, it's bringing more of a market to your product. Yeah. And the superior product will always prevail. I'll use an example like high smile teeth whitening. Yeah. There's so many different products with the same product, a different logo on it. And not saying that theirs is, is a product that you can just put a logo yeah. on it. There's obviously more customized of and course, stuff. Of course, of course. But it's bringing your market yeah. and they're still on top. Yeah. So we love competition. It's yeah. the best. It's yeah. is there is there a lot of people that copy the pink clay as well, like the same. There's all yeah. sort of clay masks yeah, that have so been many, launched. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's about it's exactly yeah. what Manny said. Even L'Oreal about, and stuff have done a pink. Yeah. Clay okay. Mask, okay. So. And Sukan, Sukan brought one, brought a pink clay mask out that is twelve dollars. But yeah. we're, wow. after we launched, they brought one out and they launched. And I'm still pretty hours. confident we're selling more yeah. units than than they are. Yeah. Um It's just about being your own your own brand and. Yeah. You don't worry about your competitors. You don't worry about even the larger larger competitors of L'Oreal, Estee Lauder. We always get asked that question. How did how do you launch a skincare company without, you know, looking at L'Oreal and looking at Souk and, and, and Estee Lauder? How are you ever gonna get there? And you just don't you don't think of it like that. You just wear yeah. a liar skin. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Whatever they do, they do. We don't we don't yeah, care. That's very true. We don't wanna know. We know our brand and what we stand for and we'll stick to that and whatever happens in the future happens. We'll just make sure that we work hard to build a strong brand. The key word he just said is brand. Like people walk into Priceline, they walk past L'Oreal, they walk past Sukin. Because they're looking for a lie skin. Yeah. Mm. So they don't look at the price tag of their products like those big companies, which is half our price. We charge $49, but the product works so well. It's, it's large in size, but they, they're very dedicated. And they love the brand. brand. It's the brand. They want to own a lie skin. Like yeah, maybe these other brands doesn't excite them. Like we've gone into Priceline before and I've actually got someone to go in and say, hey, what's what's the best pink clay mask here? And everyone from Priceline says, oh, there's this brand that's big on social media. Yeah. <laughs> Um, called Elias Skin, like they've got heaps of followers. So I think that even with our marketing online, it's helped us heaps and it's made people loyal to the brand as mm. well. Can I can I talk about just many even with yourself? Like I think you've you started in e-commerce what five, four, years, ago. five years ago. Why? Um, you know how old were you? You were. I was about. Look, I start. My dad taught me how to make a website when I was about ten or eleven. Yeah, literally, I was on the computer all the time. He wasn't in e-commerce, but. Yeah. My dad gave me a pathway to success as in he, he, 
he guided me and he, he's very he's good at nurturing yeah. and he nurtured me into business and he knew that my skills would be eventually in e-commerce yeah. or, or building sites. Um, but going back to that phone case story, um, <laughs> that was my first sort of e-commerce venture because after I realized I could sell these things in person, yeah. I yeah. literally put a logo on it and yeah. I made a Wix website. Yeah. And coming back, I just want to tell everyone listening, I had no idea what I was doing. I d- literally had no idea about websites. I didn't know about how to sell. I didn't know about PayPal. I just did it all myself and I I fucked up more than you can imagine. <laughs> and then it's just about learning and moving and forward. And there's still things that we learn together. Oh, yeah. we, still, still. we still stuff up every day. Like yeah. There's things that we don't know and we know that and you just don't want to be arrogant and think you know everything and we love failing. Like that's the only way that you grow. And uh, it's imp- sorry, it's just important. Yeah, it's important to have people who've done, who've been through it before, like on your side, as a mentor or as someone who can give you advice. Because then sometimes you don't need to make the mistakes. Yeah. If we can avoid making them, then why not and save ourselves the headache and the time? If you, they always say, if you look at somebody else that make the mistake, then mm. it's. Uh, yeah, then you don't need to make it. You can move quicker. But even for you guys, like you talked about mentors, um, number one, I'm sure yeah, both your fathers played mm. a massive role um, for you guys. But is there anyone Is there anyone just like in, in that e-commerce space that you really look up to? Or is there somebody, could be any field, that you get inspiration from? Is there anywhere specifically you might get your inspiration from for what you guys do? Um, or is it just you guys to bounce off yourselves and... Just keep pumping. <laughs> now, our, our first our first mentor was yeah. was Sean Sean Wilson who yeah. who owns Bondi Sands okay. and he he took the time to meet with us one month or two months in and we've kept a strong relationship with him and now Blair as well his his business partner and they help us you know they help us whenever we need which is which is really good yeah obviously you you know as well Jerry Jerry's got yes. a successful company he helps us a lot with any in his decisions we need and he's always you know we always it's a, it's always about b- bouncing off each other yeah and whether it whether it may be a, a serious conversation when yeah. you're asking someone for advice or whether you know we you know jerry's a very good friend of ours we're sitting around a table and business <laughs> comes up and you just bounce off each other and it's it's good to surround yourself with people who they don't have to be in cosmetics but if they're in business, business in and general. you can just bounce bounce yeah. ideas off each other and you learn so much from each other like and we can always learn from from each other i agree and looking looking just at the circle of everybody there's just so many interesting minds that you guys number one can bounce off as you said you've just named a few jerry sackis and um yeah sean wilson um one thing that i'm very 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 curious about and i uh, i've nicknamed you guys but i haven't haven't said it, the blue tick bandits <laughs> like talk to me like i remember sitting on instagram last month and then Two blue chicks pop up. I'm looking. Look, look at these movie stars. I'm like, we've joined the crew. How did that come along? We're like, what's? I what? think the general. A lot of people think that we paid for this blue tick, but blue tick yeah. does not work like that. No, not at all. Um, they Instagram will the shut you down. Tick, the blue tick is just uh, given to you when you've got so uh, media presence. Yeah. So because of Channel Nine News, because of Daily Mail and everything, um, our Facebook rep said, "Hey, you guys are eligible for the blue tick." They put the applications in, and that's it. That's how it happened. It's look, to us, it's not, not really that special. Like everyone's just of, like, yeah, a lot of people are like what? <laughs> but anyway, it is what it is. What it is Do you guys yeah. get any special privileges? Anything <laughs> <laughs> cool? <laughs> Christian PR is definitely important. Whether yeah. it's for your, and I know you you know this as well. Yeah, for your personal brand or for for your actual business. Yeah, it's super important. And yeah, we just we got rewarded with the blue tick, which is great. But we never even thought about it really. We yeah. just, we wanted PR. For our company, because we want Elias Kin to continue to grow, and we've been featured in Pop Sugar, Glamour. These are some some of the you know largest uh, cosmetic articles yeah. or beautiful articles all around the world. Um, and yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna keep striving to get featured in all these articles because it's super important for Elias Kin. That's bloody insane. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's just uh, let's go into some questions with some people that they've they've asked. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with Jenny Do. Talk to me, Jenny. <laughs> Talk to me, girl. What, <laughs> what differentiates you from top-tier brands? The ability for us to move quick. Mm. Because no big brand like L'Oreal or, or whoever else, whatever other example, can move as quickly as we can in terms of product launch and just getting it out there so quickly and penetrating the market. Because a company like that has so many levels of management they have to go through, so many different tests, there's different processes, 
with us, it's me and James. It's like, do we like this idea? Bang, we're going to launch it. Yeah, Bang. if we want something done, we yeah. And if we if it's shit, obviously cut it up quicker than you started yeah, exactly it. Right. And, and yeah. then go to the next one. Yeah. Right. Makes complete sense. Um, how do you compete with top-tier brands? Just going back to what, what I said before, you just you stay on your own path. Yeah. And you don't look at what they're doing. Yeah. You just, we build our own brand. We'll charge, like, you know, we'll, we'll bring out affordable uh, affordable products that are high quality and we'll just worry about what we're doing and make sure, I think for anyone who's starting a business, you need to make sure your your branding is consistent Yeah, from website to packaging to your Instagram page to even, you know, small things like your giveaways. Make sure the colors, the branding is all consistent. And once you do that, then your consumers will trust you and your brand and you won't need to worry about all the all the big players because our aim is to hopefully be there one day. Be the let big them, player. Yeah, let them do what they want to do. And we will continue continue growing in our own way. And if one day we get there, amazing. And if not, we'll we'll you know we'll do something else and we'll learn from our mistakes and do it even better. One question that I've actually got for you guys, just a bit off that, um, going into yeah, and I think this is this this is on a lot of people's minds when they're first starting, trying to really be yeah in their minds like i really can't compete was there anything that you guys did i know you obviously we discussed the micro but was there anything else that you gained trust with you know to gain the trust of the consumer yeah by communicating and making a community with our consumers yeah so by making a facebook page by constantly emailing them asking for their advice what products would you like us to launch yeah um, and Getting that, a lot of feedback. Yeah, and you get feedback because yeah. I think we got asked a question yesterday, what feedback is the best feedback? And we both answered from your consumer because they're the people who are buying yeah. your product. And your you customers need, are brutal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. They're and they're going to give you, especially because they're paying for it, they're yeah. going to give you harsh feedback. So, but Just before, a step before that, like with before the community and that, because people in the community uh, have already purchased, we gain trust through these genuine emails that we have on the site as i mentioned before because like if you go on the website you can tell these are genuine people it's very easy to spot if we've edited a photo and covered up someone's Mm, pimples yeah so i think that's the first step as well of actually getting the trust of the consumer yeah and when we're running and with facebook now the way it's going you're not even allowed to you're not even allowed to show before and afters anymore so you no not You're not allowed. So they've, well, they've banned that. It's been quite a long be time. So all the content that we create yeah. is without before and after. So the fact that we're able to convert without even showing people results through videos, it kind of makes us think, well, you know, maybe that they, maybe they're searching the website, searching our Instagram page, and they just trust the brand and they see that we've got a little community going. That's crazy. And um, girls help each other. Yeah. <laughs> like they do. Like we've got some oh, people yeah. that some some customers that will will say, Oh, um, my shipment's taking a little bit long. What should I do? And another girl will comment on it saying, oh, no, it's okay. This is what you have to do. This is what, <laughs> this is what you, maybe contact spot. And it's like, we've built that community and built built that your like, own strong fan base. Yeah, team. exactly right. <laughs> there's, even been little, there's even been little bickers in the If you're group. good to your, if <laughs> like you're good to your like, customers, your customers will be good yeah. to you. Like some of yours will be like, oh, the shipping's taking so long. And she's like, just relax, right? Yeah. It's not their fault. It's yeah. coming. It's it takes five days. It's <laughs> not many. Like they've, they've, they've got our back. <laughs> You're like, thanks, Susie. Thanks so much. Thanks, (laughs) Kia. That's brilliant. How long did it take to get the product formulation correct? Just quietly, this is three from Jenny. She's smashing this. (laughs) Jenny, you've uh, you've found this. (laughs) The product formulation? Yeah. How long did it take to get the product formulation correct? At least four months. And it took back and forth samples. It was a nightmare. Like it it wasn't a nightmare, but it's just that it was more because we were impatient, I think. I think we were so excited to launch and it was like... Like we test it on our hand, we test it on people. It's like, shit, it's not the right texture. <laughs> Again, another two weeks having to wait. But we did it on purpose because the product that we have now is amazing and we stand by it 100%. So it was worth that wait. Um, just another question that I've just kind of doubled off to. Uh, your your brand, it's vegan. Um, it's Animal cruelty it's free. An, yeah, adam, yeah, animal cruelty free. Do a lot of people... Do a lot of brands do that? Yeah, I think uh, that's where the world's, yeah. trend where the world's moving. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Were you guys one of the first ones to really do Or not really. It's no, just not been, one of the first. I think the way yeah. that we advertise it, though, um, yes. Is, yes. is we made okay. sure that we had it on our packaging. Yeah. We made sure it's in our videos because it's important yeah. to people. And it's even yeah. important to us as actually, well. Actually, there's been yeah. competitors and stuff. Not direct, but actually yeah. maybe a couple direct that actually have become vegan. Mm. 
good or have free. advertised okay. them more. Yeah, and advertised them more since we started doing it as okay, well. Okay, yeah, because I remember, obviously, I don't sit there and look to buy clay masks. <laughs> but <laughs> you sure? I've got to get one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was just something that was on my mind. Um, a question from Josh Oresti. Tips for an 18-year-old wanting to start an e-commerce store? Start. Just yeah, just it. take that leap of faith, Josh, and just back yourself in. But make sure if you're going to do it, then give it give it your all. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that have that have come to us wanting to start their own business, but it's almost before they started they're unsure. Yeah. And if you're unsure about it before you before you launch, and you're not going to have any chance at success. Mm. But if you're confident that you can you can put time. You, you may have a part time job or a full time job, but as long as you're still this is your second full time job and you're working on this five 100%. six hours a day seven hours a day. You'll become successful with enough hard work if your product is good, yeah. but Jack. it's very uh, sorry. It's very hard. Yeah, it's very hard to become to become successful without without putting the hard work in and without backing yourself in. If you're doubting yourself from the start, it's not going to work. James is right. Like I was gonna, if he didn't say this, I was gonna add. So I'm very glad he did. Like with um, what Josh was asking, at 18 years old, like I was working at a fish and chip shop every night yeah. from from five till nine p.m. every single night. Yeah. And then I'd work on the business as well. So I wanted to have that income from my fish and chip shop. Yeah. Well, not mine, that I worked yeah. at. <laughs> and then I worked on, this, on the business as well. So I'd work all day on the business, then go to the fish and chip shop, and I lived off that money. So you need to, like, make sacrifices. And also, don't go around in circles. Don't try and pinpoint little faults in every product because you'll end up just going like this. You can sell anything online as long as you market it well, it works well, and you're providing a high-quality product at a good price. That's pretty much it in a nutshell, I think. Um, one question for myself, um, again, adding on to Josh's question, you guys talked about having that mindset now, yeah, a lot of people, there's a lot of distractions or, you know, there's a lot of self doubt in themselves and you pretty much just said, just start. How do you, like, how did you guys, I'm sure every day, every day is not perfect and every day you have your ups and downs and things don't go as well as you want it to go. How do you keep that positive mindset? How do you, how do you like stay, especially when you first started, how did you stay just so straight to where you knew this was the path I need to be on. You know, I'm not going to get lost by, you know, not working today and then Saturday night I'm going to, you know, go out and then Sunday I'm not going to work on the business. And mm. you st- you're just straight and you stick you to it. You need to have balance. Like yeah. <clears throat> everything in life is about balance. Yeah. From year 12 VCA, I went out every single night yeah. and I did really well at VCA. Yeah. There's been things that have happened in my life, like family matters. <laughs> I don't I know, know you're what's listening. going on. I don't know what's going on there. Anyway. Um, there's been <clears throat> a few things in my life that have happened that have motivated me and there's days where I don't even want to get out of bed. Like it's not all sunshine and rainbows in business at all. Yeah. Um, and then you think about those things and then you think, okay, shit, even if you've stuffed up and you know you haven't gone to work for a day, whatever it is, Yeah. you think about those things and you go, okay, I know why I'm doing this in the first place. I need to get back on track. Bang. And then you start working again. But yeah, I, it's never always like this. It's just always ups and downs. People only see what they see on Instagram and they think that it's all sunshine and rainbows, but it's actually not. It's very hard, otherwise everyone would be doing it. It's a classic saying, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you live in a moment and you just won't get lost, you just yeah. sometimes, if, if you're having a bad day or something's not going right, then you have to, we have to think to ourselves, well, look how far we've gotten. Yeah. We've done a great job up until this point and let's not let one or two things you know, ruin that. Ruin let's that. just let's just continue to move forward. Um, and yeah, I think that's what we both do well. You know, if, if sometimes we've approached retailers, they've said no, and you know, you, it's not a great day, of course, because you want everyone to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you just realise, well, you know what? Maybe it wasn't meant to be. And you know, we'll get them next time, or let's just look at how well we've done up until this point. And that's 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 enough to put you in a good mood. Yeah. Also, to pump the brakes a bit, like James said, and and actually appreciate what we've done, like. Sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves as well. Yeah. You know, like we're 24 years old, 23. Like <clears throat> sometimes we have to just give ourselves a pat on the back. Yeah. You know? Because we are very, like we're very humble guys. Like we don't think that what we've done is amazing. Like, yeah. Because we know that there's still so much more to come. Yeah. And I yeah. like, I remember saying to James the other day, I said like, because there's a lot of other business opportunities that are coming to us now. People asking us, you know, do you, can you do this for us? Can you do this? And I said to James, I said, let's just, appreciate what we've what we've got yeah because it's it's growing a lot mm. you know and just just pump the brakes and just do what we're doing and keep doing it 
you you said something now which has just triggered my mind when we first started this conversation you said you re you've you said no to a retailer um was there it was it because you got is it you don't want to grow too sporadic was that too much of a jump or was it like was there it's because it all comes down i remember sean wilson said this and this will never leave our mind he said yeah sean's owner of bondo sands he said this this is the house is your this is your house he said this is your brand um you renovate the house you go you go out and then you sell it yeah um some retailers may discount your product. Yeah, they may sell a shitload of stock, but they're going to discount your product. And for us, we we had to be very mature to say no. Yeah. Because people think it's arrogant saying no, but it's actually arrogant no, saying no, no, yes. No. Yeah, it's yeah. not arrogant at all. It's yeah. Yeah. it's arrogant saying yes when you're when you're trying to grow too quick or yeah. you're putting your brand in a position that it shouldn't be in. Yeah. And who knows, you know, whether it be that retailer or another retailer, we say no to down the track. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's no forever. It just means we're not ready for it yet. Yeah. And it's like America. If if we think we're ready for America and we go approach a retailer, then we're just being arrogant because yeah. we're, not, we're not ready for it. It's still the, the brand is still a baby. It's only been 15 months. And America is another market that needs, you know, a different level of resources. And I think that's what that's where we've been mature. But again, coming back to having a mentor, we learned that from Sean. And yeah, if Sean wasn't there good. telling us, yeah. then maybe we would have said yes to yeah. that retailer. And we've already it's funny because we'd already contacted big, big retailers like Sephora in our second month. <laughs> and then we're like, What the, what the yeah. fuck are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell is the last skin in the second month? So we've we've matured yeah. along the journey as well. And we'll just it, be man. we'll just be patient and we'll keep doing what we're doing, honing down on the retailers we're in making sure that we that we sell through because that's what's super important. And once we're confident enough in our brand and our ability to sell through in, in almost every retailer we're in, then we'll focus on, on other retailers around the world, whether they be in Australia or whether they be in, around the world in America. That's, yeah, that's our goal. So our goal is just to, is to grow slow, go fast in, in online. We definitely don't want to put the brakes online. Online, yeah. we're like, let's go full steam ahead. But in retail, let's let's grow slow because you only have one shot. One, and if you blow it, well, then it's going to, as it's you said, very hard. You, you ruin the relationship yeah. and you don't want to ruin relationships with distributors or retailers. And it's does, very important. Does it matter? Like, do these people, for example, let's just use America. Or America's probably the top. Let's just say England. Do they really care where you guys are sitting, for example? Like, if you're in the Middle East, if you're in China, like, if you don't get along with them first time around does that play a big role or is it just two different regions nah you want you you want to get along with them so they push so they push your brand yeah do you mean like as in do you get along like are you saying would they take us if we're doing well in the middle east yes oh they definitely look so our uk UK distributor who we're hopefully about to sign with yeah they they've got an insight on how well we're selling in australia in retail stores we have to give them that data but so and and if they ask for it and we don't give it to them, then something's yeah. not right. So that does play. Oh, obviously, it's two different. I, I can understand. For example, yeah, it's two different countries. But if there was, yeah. a, I don't know, just it's two my, different markets. But yeah. but but all these retailers care about are numbers. Yeah, they, numbers. They want they want and like an analysis on how well you're selling. They want yeah. data on how well you're selling, and that will then hopefully translate into their market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, sorry that we, we literally pushed off from Josh's question, but last question. What were your career pathways you wanted to finish at school? So obviously once you finish school, you know, we discussed that you guys wanted to, you know, do your business course. Like was e-commerce always on the cards or were you looking to become a footy player, a boxer? I don't know. Like, I what? wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> yeah, an astronaut. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no I, I was going to say, that would be pretty bloody cool, man. <laughs> yeah. well, my, uh, I actually wanted to be a brain surgeon when yeah, I was like, wow. yeah, when I was eight or nine. Wow. I didn't even know that yeah. how I knew what a brain surgeon was. Yeah. But, and then I wanted, to, through, I wanted to do law or, or business. That was, yeah. my, that was my... So you were, you were kind of always destined and then obviously e-commerce just kind of came up. Mm. Um, how about you, same kind of thing? I actually wanted to be a, be a hedge fund manager from, I don't know, 12, 13. I was investing in shares and I had a few family, friends and cousins that were in that industry and I just loved the, the share market, yeah. um, stock tips? market, sorry. And, yeah, I still invest here and there, but yeah, I studied economics and finance for that reason, was yeah. to hopefully become a portfolio manager of some sort. Um, and 
yeah, after owning my owning my own business with the cafes yeah. and having you know one or two small e-commerce businesses, it's it was more enjoyable just working working for myself and having yeah. that flexibility. And I think that's what we both appreciate enough, and we'll that's the one thing we'll never take for granted, regardless of how well the business is going, regardless of how much we're growing or. Um, how successful we are, we both appreciate our lifestyle yeah. and we have flexible lives lives where we're, we're able to work from anywhere in the world and that's one thing that I think we'll never just take for granted because it's very it's very hard to have that life. Not, not many people do. <laughs> not at all. And if you can do that and be successful at the same time, you know, we never want to let go of this baby regardless if, regardless if this one doesn't go well, the next one will hopefully, you know, do even better and we'll just, yeah, we'll keep working working towards that. I love it, man. And even just on a personal note, everything that these guys have been talking about, like this is real. You guys as blokes are just down-to-earth champions and I love to see that, you know, nothing's changing and as you guys tend to grow and just take on the world that you're really holding that humbleness. Um, you know, thank you so much. Honestly, I really appreciate Thanks, you guys jumping on. It was an absolute I pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>